You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. You, but I'm a little nervous. I have a tendency to swell when I get nervous. I'm sorry. I tried to go to many doctors, but no answers. Other than stay away from the buffet. But this morning, uh, I just want to say thank you for being here at the harbor. I count it a, it's a truly an honor to be sharing the gospel. Uh, I got two eggs. I better put these down before I want to scramble eggs and have breakfast. So, uh, But uh, this morning, I want to welcome all of our guests here this morning. Understand that uh, I'm not a pastor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So uh, <laughs> our senior pastor is taking a little bit of time to refresh himself. He's spending some time with his uh, parents right now, and uh, so if, if today is horrible and you're like, man, what, how, did that dude get his minister's license from a Cracker Jack box, you know, and all that thing, don't hold me accountable. Well, do hold me accountable, but come back next week. Pastor Mike will be back in the pulpit, and uh, he, he'll be an awesome guy, but today we'll try to uh, get through the scriptures. By the way, my name's Josh Cribbs. I'm the student pastor here. Uh, I usually teach the teenagers. Listen. They're fun to teach to because they laugh, even if my jokes are corny and they suck. Oh, I said a bad word for pulpit. Make sure that that was, we, we edit that out. So, uh, But even if my jokes are really bad and they're not that funny, my kids laugh anyways. And I don't know if they just feel sorry for me or what, but uh, I want to ch- challenge you today to, to just kind of just change the way you think about church a little bit. Today is going to be a little different. But I can tell you this, at the end of the day, the one thing will be the same, and that's the gospel. It'll be preached today, and we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do some fun things here today. But you're here for a great Sunday. We're kicking off Mythbusters. I want to say thank you to our awesome worship and artist team that put all this stuff together. And I don't know about y'all, but that, that oh, dry ice was pretty cool down here. I, I was starting to feel like a little Halloweenish and uh, feeling a little pretty cool in here. So if you didn't get to see that, you'll have to get here early next week because I think they're going to redo it again. But it's awesome. Thank you, Chelsea, for uh, setting the, the atmosphere. But we're kicking off a brand new series today called Mythbusters. And uh, have any of y'all ever been told some lies in your life, been told some myths in your life? I know I have. I've been raised in church all my life. And I'm not saying church people are liars, but uh, I've been raised in the South all my life if you can't tell from my northern accent. Uh, But one of the main lies that I got married, I've been married for nine years. I know. When she found a good thing, she kept hold of it. So Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, No, my lovely wife, thank God she's in here. I love her to death. Uh, And she's my backbone. It just kind of knocks the nervousness off when she's in here to support me. And everybody said, aww. There you go. But uh, the, the lie that I first heard was in back in uh, September of 2006 when I got married was that the man is the head of the household. It's a myth. It's a lie. Don't even. And all you guys in here looking at me like, yeah, I'm the man of my household. Yeah, you might be, but the neck is the thing that makes the head move. So uh, I'm just saying. Y'all go ahead and be all bad like y'all want to and walk out of here and then y'all going to get in the car. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry I didn't mean it. I know how y'all do. All right, have y'all ever heard of this one? Like you go to the restaurant, and I'm a Coke guy, and you sit down, and you're like, I want Coke. And the waitress was like, is Pepsi okay? Is Monopoly money okay? I'm like, 
They're not the same. It's a myth. It's, they're nowhere even close. Or this one, you know, I'm from the south and you can tell I drink a lot of sweet tea. I went to the north one time and got back here as quick as I could. They was like, sweet tea, sweet tea. No. Negative, Ghost Rider. Sweet tea, I got this rule around here, it's called the five county rule. I don't drink sweet tea within five counties of Camden County. Because they don't know how to make it. Your taste buds will make, they, you will make them happy if you'll drink Coke when you go away. Just saying. And Sonny's makes the best sweet tea here in Camden County. Or this one, you know, uh, I, I've, I'm scared of heights. Anybody else in here scared of heights? Okay, this, today's going to be a liberating day. But uh, I used to be told that riding roller coasters were fun. Liar. When I was like 12 years old, my dad, he's a big guy, kind of like myself, just more muscles and less fat. Uh, he said, son, you're going to ride a roller coaster. And I think y'all probably heard this story, but you're going to hear it again. He was like, you're going to ride a roller coaster? I was like, no. He was like, you want a whipping? My dad's a big man. I was like, I was like, whipping, roller coaster. I, I was scared. I rode a roller coaster. I got on the roller coaster and we're there. We're riding the Mindbender, Atlanta. And nobody tells me how dangerous this thing is. And we're climbing up the 73 foot, I Google it, it's 73 foot to the turn. And it was every click, I thought my life was, I was going down for the count. Like, clink, 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 clink. I leaned over to my dad and I said, Dad, I hope this roller coaster crashes. I hope I die and I hope you live and you have to live the rest of your life with all the pain and hurt that you've caused me. I really said that. And uh, we go to take the make turn and we go down and nobody tells me when you go through a loop that you're supposed to hold your neck back on the... I'm not going to use the doctor terms, but I could have checked places, you know what I'm saying? When we made the turn there, it was bad. It was horrible. So riding roller coasters alive, but this is my best one. And, I, and I'm kind of done with all my cool jokes. They're already over. This is the last one. It's my favorite, though. This is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. Liars. Myths. Urban legends. Whatever you want to call them. My dad, no lie, one time when I was like 14 years old, I think that was the last time I got a whipping, I think. I can't remember, I got a bunch. But I was there, and my dad, he was like, son, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. And I, got, I almost got brave enough to say what I thought in my mind. Almost. I almost said, dad, this is supposed to be pain for me and punishment for me. Why don't you lay down here and let me give you the whipping since it's going to hurt me worse than it hurts you? But I didn't say that, guys. So, but you know, the truth is we, we all have a bunch of, and those are, I just wanted to break the ice. It's, it's kind of fun today, but we all have these different kind of things in life that we've been told lies about or, or we started maybe believing a lie. But the Mythbusters show, do y'all remember that show? It's still on, but it was in its heyday when I was in high school. And I can remember Jamie and Adam were the host. Those guys, man, they really made science fun. High school didn't. <laughs> they made learning science awesome. But you know, 
Their goal in all of this was, was to, they would take myths and they would take urban legends and they would take all these foreign, all, all these things that could be myths and they would either, they would either be confirmed, they would, they would set up a, experiments and they would either confirm them or maybe they would be plausible, kind of like, maybe we can't get all, everything exactly the same so it could be plausible, we couldn't confirm it, we couldn't deny it, or then... There's the busted one. I want to talk to you about the busted one. But you know, I love that show because they made science fun. And some of my favorites, I wanted to share some of my favorite ones with you. Uh, if you haven't watched the show, I encourage you to do it. You might learn something and uh, be awesome. And I learned this. I was always raised in the South. How many of you have always heard when you're raised in the South, you ride with your tailgate down because you save gas? It's a myth. And I found out my buddy PJ in here, he's somewhere in here. I, I thought he was doing the redneck deal. His tailgate's just broke. He couldn't put it up. <laughs> I was like, as a matter of fact, I told some of his friends, like, tell PJ they ain't saving him no gas. And they was like, he can't put it up. So, but, but listen, I found out that if the tailgate's up, that it creates this circle of air. And then when the air blows over the top of the vehicle, it just goes right over the bubble of air and creates a good flow less resistance but when you lower the tailgate it creates this circle of air and so when the air comes over the top instead of flowing over it gets sucked into the whirlwind and so you lose gas money see you came in here thinking you were just going to hear about Jesus but I just saved you some money maybe not as much as Geico but uh, but this is I, I, I'm going to pull this back because I want everybody to see this Je Jeremy be on my standby man if anything goes wrong but they, they did this experiment about Diet Coke and Mentos. If you have halitosis, you'll be a good option. But they talked about in this experiment of how these little things, if dropped into a Diet Coke, would create an awesome explosion. But you, I thought to myself, I was like, Jesus, I can't get up there on that stage and preach to those people about Mentos and Coke without making some practical spiritual application. So, I'm going to give you a practical spiritual application. Diet Coke is horrible. You're going you're gonna to drink anything, just drink the real stuff, I'm just saying. So, this is my spiritual application, this is free. You see, sometimes in life, Mentos are like sin. They seem very small. It's just a little lie. It's just a little sin. It's nothing too big. I was flirting with that girl at work, but nothing really serious. I know my wife, you know, wouldn't. I wouldn't want to tell her, but it's nothing bad. And you know, then and maybe, maybe you know, like road rage. Since I have road rage, if you've been to Ace Track, you know about my road rage. And Jesus is like, no, don't get on 95. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus, I'll take Highway 17 because there's, it's normal over there. But no, something draws me to I-95. And I like to go fast. And I just want to tell you this. If you, there's three lanes in the state of Georgia on I-95. 
there's the left lane over here, and that's for people that want to go as fast as they want to. Then there's people in the middle. You want to stay close to the speed limit, and then there's people on the edge over there. You just, you bought a moped, and you can't go no faster. And what I'm trying to say to you today is this. Do not get in the left lane and try to be a good Samaritan. Amen. Hallelujah. That, I, that'll probably be the loudest applause I get all day, but it's awesome. Because I know all of you in here are agreeing with me. So if I'm in the left lane, if I, don't, if I want to get a speeding ticket, you leave that up to me. If I, want, I mean, just move over. But I don't listen. I get on 95 and sin starts to happen and I start to say things that Jesus wouldn't be proud of. And then my daughter in the back seat, move out of way! That's how you know you're failing at parenting. No lie. We were, we were going down the road and I was on 95 and this dude, and I'm like, move! And Brayley, she's a nice, sweet one. She, I mean, she's even got this road rage anger already too. And she just starts screaming out. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm doing bad. But it's time to do this. Hold on. Now, I have goggles, but I'm, I, they'll be all right. So... In life, we got these little sins and we do things in our life that we really shouldn't. And sometimes sin makes up. We'll clean it up. Sometimes it seems so small, but when we drop it into our lives, it can make a real bad mess. Amen. Amen. Today, and those are just a few of my favorite Adam and Jamie experiments that they've done. They dropped like, man, we're just shooting like three stories up in the air. I want to try it one day. That was just three Mentos. Can you imagine the whole pack? We'd had to change projectors. Oh, and by the way, uh, pastor said we needed to save money, so we turned this projector off. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, this light bulb went out right earlier today, and uh, we'll have it fixed for next week, so don't think that uh, we're trying to chief y'all out of here. It had failed just this morning. So, but let's get down to the nuts and bolts of the message today. We've had a little bit of fun. We've kind of knocked the edge off. We kind of laughed. But the truth is today, I want to come to you like Adam and Jamie, and I want to hopefully bust a myth wide open today. I want to look at this myth that I believe is running rampant through the church, and I believe it's running deep through us as Christians. And it's simply this. The myth is, is that your past defines you. The myth that your path, past defines you. You see, this is not a myth that we will stand up and verbally talk to somebody else. But it's a myth that will replay over and over in our minds. And we'll begin to think about the things that we did last week or last year or maybe a decade ago. And we'll let those things define us. But you see, I want you to understand today that I have come here today, as Miss Tara would say, as a myth buster. For one reason and one reason alone, I want to destroy the lie of the enemy. I don't want you to leave out of here, maybe like you've left sometimes before, feeling beat down about your sin. But I want you to leave here today understanding that your future is bright because of Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, 
I'm not, I don't live in a fairy tale world. I understand what the world says. The world says your past defines you. You go to get a job, the first thing they ask for is a resume. You, 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 then you need a background check. And you know what? Some of you are nervous when you start to send a background check. Did Jesus, did that come off of my records yet? And you're worried and you're nervous because the path, the world will define you. Some of you've got friends, well, so-called friends, that the truth is that they will blackmail you. They, listen, they will hold stuff against you to get what they want because they understand that the past is powerful if you allow it to control you. You see, I, I began to flip through the passage, the Bible this week as I began to study for this message and I said, God, who, who, would, be, who would be someone we could look at that we would understand that their past did not define them? And so I came to this, I wanted to introduce you to this man. His name is Saul. Later became Paul. You see, Paul, the Bible would tell us that he was the chief among sinners. I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me happy sometimes when I read the Bible. It's kind of an encouragement. I get kind of feeling like my my road rage ain't as bad as I thought it was. But do you understand, my friend, that today I want I believe Paul has three keys that he wants to give us that if we will allow him to work in our lives, that we will not let our past define us. So I want you to flip over to Philippians chapter three, verse twelve through fourteen. It says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining forward what is for what is ahead, and verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, Paul was the chief among sinners. Paul was killing Christians. Before he had a Damascus road of experience, before Jesus knocked him off of his horse, and he became real to Paul, Paul was bad. Lean to your neighbor and say, Paul was bad. I want you to understand that because, what you, because when we read this passage, it's easy for us to say, well, do you know, Josh, what you're talking about there is Paul's, this is when he's already been converted and this is when things are going good for him. And yes, you're right, but there is a, I believe there's some keys that Paul gave us in here to get to that point, that where he can say that the past no longer holds me there. And the, and the first key today is, if you're, gonna, if you're taking notes, is, is forgetting it. Forgetting the past. That's what Paul tells us right here. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself, but I forget what is behind me. Now, this is one of those good preaching moments that uh, some of you, you already, Pastor Josh, that's cool. I'm glad you was able to look in the Bible and get a point out, but you really want me to forget what happened? 
You want me to forget what that person did to me? You want me to forget the hurt that I'm entitled to? You want me to forget what I did to my kids? You, you want me to forget what I did to my spouse? Well, Pastor Josh, it sounds easy. Listen, I'm not standing up here as somebody that stands behind this pulpit and is preaching to you that something I don't deal with personally on an everyday of my own life. Because this is the truth, and we all need to get this in here. Every single breathing person has a past. Amen? This ain't, this ain't just the worst of the worst. But every single person here today has a past. What I'm trying to tell you is today, and I, and I know this. I know, I know, guys, that you will never completely forget what happened. That's just... That's just stupid for me to believe that because we all have a brain and we all remember things. But what I'm talking about today is when your past paralyzes you, when your past holds you into a place that you no longer can move, that you're scared to do anything great for God, that you're scared to go somewhere, that you're scared to get into another relationship because your past has paralyzed you. You see, how do we, how do we forget the past? I don't know if we'll ever forget it, but I do believe Jesus, if we will ask Jesus to help us renew our mind with truth. It's so many, it's so funny to me, so many times we, we have this past and we, have y'all, just bear with me, have y'all read this book? Yes, this book has all the answers to everything we will ever face in our life, amen? It is a living word. And tomorrow, it'll be there for the situation that's right in front of me. Next week, next year, next month. Because Jesus has this word that when I am in need, I can come to it. And I can say, God, help me. But the truth is, we don't, we don't, we don't like to read about it. We like to talk about it. We like to talk about our past and, and, what, and how we're being held back. And we like to talk about how somebody else did us wrong. And we like to talk about how the good old days used to be. And how we ain't doing nothing for Christ right now. But the truth is, we hadn't read about it. And we hadn't begun to believe that Jesus Christ is so much more than our past. You see, how, how, do, how do I renew my mind? I'm glad you asked. You see, get into the Word of God. I said right here, Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing, says the Lord. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Jesus, there is scripture after scripture after scripture that says, Hey, it ain't got it might have started out bad, but it ain't got to end this way. You see, how many of y'all, man, I get it. Sometimes I get excited when I preach. How many of y'all, man, when y'all read this, you get happy? Because Jesus didn't just leave out the, he didn't just leave out the bad stuff, I mean the good stuff, he, he put the bad stuff in there. Amen? I, I, would be, I would be depressed if I read this Bible and I seen only people that had good pedigrees, people that never messed up, people that, that they just had a silver spoon in their mouth and they did the great things for God. 
But I am so glad that I can flip through this Bible and I can find a man named Noah, that he was a drunk. And I can find, a, I can find another man named Moses, and he was a murderer. And I can find another man named David, the one that said, the man after my own heart, and he was an adulterer, and he was a murderer. And then I can come on over here to Peter, and this is somebody I can sympathize with, because Peter denied Jesus when he needed him the most. And you know, sometimes I did the same thing. I stood where people needed Jesus, and I denied them because I was scared. But you know what? I'm so glad that when I opened this Bible up and I began, to, I began to read it, God begins to remind me that they always didn't get it right, but I still used them. They didn't always make the best decisions, but I still used them. Amen. I believe today if you're going to get past your past, you'll first have to renew your mind with truth. Second, you'll have to embrace His promise and not your past. Oh, this is tough. This takes action. You see, what do you need to let go of today? Oh, hold on. There we go, Josh. I was good when you was talking about the Bible. I was good when you was talking about Peter and Paul and, and, and all those guys, but you're talking about me now. What you got to let go of today? Is it a failed marriage that you came in here today? And that thing keeps replaying over in your mind. You're on your second marriage and you're seeing it's going down the same path. What is it? Is it, is it the sexual abuse for the person that should have been taking care of you but they were molesting you? What do you, what do you need to let go of today? Because your past don't define you. Maybe you're in here today and there's alcohol addiction. Maybe you run to the alcohol when you need answers, but the truth is it's just the bottom of the end of the bottle, and it's still numb, and there's still no answers. Or maybe, maybe you're like my mom that dealt with pill addiction for a very long time, and the truth was that sometimes she would even give up things that meant a lot to her for that pill because it had a stronghold on her, and she made decisions that she's now regretting. And I tell her every day, don't let your past define your future. Don't let your past. You've made some decisions. You've made some choices. Move forward. What do you need to let go of? Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you have some children. They're not in the house of God, and you feel like you failed as a parent. You feel like you neglected them. You feel like you spent more time at work than you did at home. You felt like you spent more time in your hobby than you did with your children. What is it? Maybe you're here today and you're looking at financial ruin. Your finances are, you've made some stupid decisions. You made some decisions you regret. You bought some things you didn't really need but you wanted. And you're in over your head. Can you let go of that today? And maybe you're here today and you have hurt and unforgiveness. And you know what? For your whole life you've been entitled and people have told you you're right to be, you're right to hold on to that. You're, you know what? They did you bad. But I've come today to say no. No, you don't. Because Jesus tells us that we must forgive to be forgiven. And I, well, I listen, listen, because I've had to have this talk with our teenagers. Forgiveness is not saying we're still buddy-buddy. Forgiveness is saying I'm not going to let that hold me back. We might not always be best friends. Well, I might not call you up and text you and see how your day's going. But this I know. I'm not going to let you hold me back from where God wants to take me. Amen.
You see, his promises are so much greater than your present or past situations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone and the new is here. It's here today. His promise is new today. And this is probably the tough one. He has forgiven you. Now forgive yourself. So many of us are walking around. And you know what? If you went to Jesus, he was like, Jesus, you remember that you remember that time that I kinda had that thing going on with that other girl. I cheated on my wife. You know what, Jesus? Because if you've asked for forgiveness, you know what Jesus is going to say? What sin? What are you talking about? Because he tells us, he casts as far as the sin is the east from the west. He don't remember it. But so many of you, the enemy will use it over and over and over and over again because he wants you to live in that constant state of pain, that constant state of hurt. But today, as a pastor, I give you permission to let it go. You know what? Don't hold it here any longer. It's a new day. You know, uh, I've said this quite a few times, but I'll never stop saying it. Some of us are hitting the rewind button on things God's told us to delete. Amen? Amen? We're sliding in the DVD we know we shouldn't be watching. And we get to the point of where the hurt hits again and we'll rewind it over again. Because you know why? Sometimes we want to feel sorry for ourselves. I'm, I'm preaching. Because of this. But some of us, and if I had one up here today, I'd tell you, just don't even keep it in the house no longer. Throw it away. Don't bring the past back home today. Don't bring the hurt back home today. Don't put it back in the DVD player. Don't let it go through here again. Don't worry about throwing yourself a pity party. Stand up and say, today is a new day, and I'm not defined by my past. And if that's not enough to get us... Forgetting our past, because how many of y'all know the little devil, he don't ever scream it. He just whispers it. You'll be on Facebook. Hey, you remember? You remember you and that girl had something going on? And when the enemy does that, when he begins to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> Amen. Remind him of his past. You see, he's going to spend eternity in hell, and that's where he wants you to go. So every day, he'll be methodical. He don't ever do it in the big things. It's a slow fade. He'll pull you back. He'll pull you out if you allow him. But I believe if you're, if you're willing to say, I'm not going to let my past define me. I'm not going to hold on to my past. And I believe second key here is pressing forward. You're going to have to press forward. It's not going to be easy. The, the Greek word is called diecho. It means going with everything in us. Brother Chris would understand this. It's called, it, it would be called pros, properly, aggressively chasing after an animal. Have you ever seen some of these deer hunters? Man, they will get up early in the morning. 
Yeah, I said them because I won't do it. I'll wait till y'all shoot one and I'll get some meat or something. The thrill is just not there. But they'll get up early in the morning and they'll go out and they will hunt this animal down because they are they're, they're the echoes. They're, they're striving. They, want, they don't want the past to define them. They, they, they want this thing to set before them. And some of us, this is not going to be easy, my friends. But I want to tell you this. Will you fight for your future? Will you fight for your future? Because that's the question you have to answer today. Because I can tell you just like those hunters. Those hunters don't just happenly get up one morning and walk out into a stand and smell in all kind of different ways. And maybe they went out there with their fake, with their fake gun and they was going to shoot it like this. No, they go out there prepared, smelling the right way, got there early, got the gun right. Because this is the thing that they understand. If I'm going to ever take this animal, if I'm ever going to pursue this animal and take him, I'm must begin to prepare early and I want to tell some of you if you're ever going to get past your past you're going to have to prepare early you will have to fight for your future it will not be easy but it will be worth it the question I want to ask today is will you fight and not lay down and be paralyzed with the past because fighting means getting up every morning. Fighting means I got to get to the gym. Fighting means I got to lace my shoes every morning. I can't just lay in the bed because that's what the enemy wants us to do. He don't want us to push forward. So if we're going to push forward, we'll have to fight for the future. We'll have to let go of the guilt and embrace his grace. Adam, can I get you to come to the keyboard? You see, as I was studying this week, I said, God, what, what does that guilt and grace look like? Guilt says we didn't. Your guilt says we got what we deserved. Grace says it's getting what we didn't deserve. Jesus took what we deserved on that cross. He took every bit of our pain, every bit of our hurt, every bit of our sin. Do you know this, guys? That Jesus Christ loved you when he knew about all the sin, when he knew about all the mess, when he knew about all the junk. Can I? When we don't embrace grace and we hold on to guilt, as though we stand before the cross and say that's not good enough what you did is not good enough because I'm not willing to let go of guilt I'm not willing to let go of pain I'm not willing to let go and guys listen this is more than just about you some of you can't let go of what you did to other people some of you can't let go of the issues that's been in your life and over your life for a long period of time as you're standing here today I want to ask you this last and final question I want to remember a story called Humpty Dumpty 
Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. It's truthful. But you know what we did? We're kind of like Humpty. We, we fell off the place where we should have been. We fell into some hurt. We fell into some pain. We fell into, we fell into some sin we should have never been in. You know what? We call all the king's horses and all the king's men. We call Oprah. We call Dr. Phil. We call our friends. The one that's on a second marriage and trying to tell you how to run yours. We call all the wrong people to try to put us back together. But can I ask just a little bit to Humpty Dumpty? If they would have called the king, I think he could have put it back together again. Amen? He could have put it back together again. restores. But today I challenge you, call the one that can change it all. Call the one that can change it all. Do you need hope again? He can restore it. Do you need love in your marriage again? He can restore it. Do you need lost children to come home? He can restore it. He is great and he is mighty. Maybe you're standing here today and you walk through those doors. Paychecks coming next week, and you don't know how the bills are going to get paid next month. Today, He will restore you. Maybe you came in here today addicted. He can restore that love for Him all over again. His name is Jesus. He's the one. Ephesians 2 says that we are His workmanship. And you know what? If anybody knows how to put me back together, it's the one that created me. Amen. It's the one that knitted me together in my mother's womb. The one that held me. That's Him. And He's here this morning. And the last and third and final thing is that if you're going to get today, it's not how it starts, but how it ends. Amen. It's not how it starts, but how it ends, my friend. Are you here today and you would say, Pastor Josh, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how many people I've let down. You don't know how many times I've been hurt. And you're right, I don't. But he does. But he ain't saying, he ain't saying it's how we, it ain't saying how we start. Maybe you didn't come from the right pedigree. Maybe your family, maybe you was born into sexual abuse. Maybe you was born into drugs. Maybe you was born into a bad atmosphere. But it ain't how you start. It's how you finish. It's how we end, guys. I'm going to close with this. Many of you would know this gentleman. The story is about a man named Alfred Nobel. You see, one morning, he was opened up his paper and began to read the newspaper. And he came to the obituaries. And he got to the obituaries and he seen his name, Alfred Nobel. Out to read my obituary. And it said that he was the father of destruction, that he created dynamite and it allowed countries to destroy and kill, multiply thousands of people. See what happened was Alfred's brother had died and they got it confused. And so he had the opportunity to read his obituary. 
and something rose up inside of him and he said all this money that I've made over destruction all this money I've made over hurting people today I change today I would not let my past define me and that's where we get the Alfred Nobel Peace Prize because he said for the first part of my life I allowed destruction to come but for the rest of my life I will bring peace I will bring peace start off with but I want to close with this last passage here and I'm done I want to pray for some people because I feel the Holy Spirit it comes out of Luke chapter 7 verse 36 it says and one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him and he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table oh Jesus and a woman in the town who lived a very sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house so she came there with an alabaster box of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his tears, wet his feet with her tears. When is the last time we've got broken over Jesus? Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Verse 39, when the Pharisees who invited him said to themselves, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. What they were saying is, if, they knew, if he knew her past, that she's a sinner. And Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two people. This right here is where the story changes everything. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And neither of them had money to pay him back. So he forgave both the debts. Now which one of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who has the bigger debt that's been forgiven. Sound of my voice. Some of you right now, you wipe this message out of your mind because you don't think you have any past that's holding you back. Jesus just told us we're all sinners saved by grace. We all have a past, we all have hurts, we all have things that, that should disqualify us from doing anything great for God. But the truth is this. She came in saying, today, I won't let my past define me. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even have the privilege of being in his presence. But I'm not going to let my past define me. My question to you today with heads bowed and eyes closed is simply this. Will you worship him? Even though you know your past will you worship him even though you know all the hurt and all the wrong because I can tell you this that's when it changed when she fell at Jesus feet and she said God here I am everything she brought an alabaster box everything that she was my question to you today will you bring all your hurt will you bring all your pain will you bring all your unforgiveness will you bring it all right here today and lay
laying at the feet of Jesus. And I want to ask you right here, and I know this is going to take some courage. This is going to take some strength. And I know this, I understand that this may be tough, but I can tell you this. When you meet Jesus here today, and you meet him at the feet of the cross, right here at this altar, I believe that Jesus is going to set some people free. They're going to leave here today knowing that their past is not, that their future is not defined by their past. But with Jesus Christ, their greatest days are still to be had. Their greatest miracles are still to be done. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.